0: Chapter three of We of the Never Never by Jeannie Mrs. Inaeas Gunn. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter three bush chivalry demanding that a woman's discomfiture should be ignored. Mac kept his eyes on the horizon for the first quarter of a mile and talked volubly of the prospects of the wet and the resources of the territory. But when flash was released and after a short tussle settled down into a free swinging amble, he offered congratulations. In his own whimsical way. He's like the rest of us, he said, with a sly, sidelong look at the maluka, perfectly reconciled to his fate. Although it was only sixty-five miles to the Catherine, it took us exactly three days to travel the distance. Mac called it a tip-top record for the wet, and the maluka agreed with him, for in the Territory it is not the number of miles that counts, but what is met with in those miles. During the first afternoon, We met so many amiable-looking watercourses that the sanguine Scot grew more and more hopeful about crossing the Ferguson that night. We'll just do it if we push on, he said, after a critical look at the Cullen, then little more than a sweet shady stream. Our luck's dead in. She's only just moving. Yesterday's rain hasn't come down the valleys yet. We pushed on in the moonlight, but when we reached the Ferguson, two hours later, we found our luck was dead out for she... "'was up and running a banker.' "'Mac's hopes sank below zero. "'Now we've done it,' he said ruefully, "'looking down at the swirling torrent. "'It's a case of wait a while after all.' "'But the Maluka's hopes always die hard. "'There's still the government yacht,' he said, "'going to a huge iron punt "'that lay far above high-water mark. "'Mac called it a forlorn hope, "'and it looked it, "'as it lay deeply sunk in the muddy bank. "'It was an immense affair,' weighing over half a ton and provided by a thoughtful government for the transit of travellers stuck up by the river when in flood any army of rough riders might have handled it but as bushmen generally travel in single file it lay a silent reproach to the wisdom of governments some jester had chalked on its sides h m s immovable and after tugging valiantly at it for nearly half an hour the maluka and mac and jackeroo proved the truth of the bushman's irony there was no choice but a camp on the wrong side of the river and after dratting things in general and the cullen in particular mac bowed to the inevitable and began to unpack the team stacking pack-bags and saddles up on the rocks off the wet grass by the time the bully was boiling he was trying hard to be cheerful but without much success oh well he said as we settled down round the fire this is the land of plenty of time that's one comfort another whole week starts next sunday then relapsing altogether he added gloomily we'll spend it here too by the look of things unless the missus feels equal to the horse's tail trick the maloca suggested the missus felt equal to anything but the tail trick and said so and conversation flagged for a while as each tried to hit upon some way out of the difficulty suddenly mac gave his thigh a prodigious slap i've struck it he shouted and pointed to a thick wire rope just visible in the moonlight as it stretched across the river from flood bank to flood bank added hesitatingly we send mail bags and valuables over on that when the river's up it was impossible to mistake his meaning or the maluka's exclamation of relief or that neither man doubted for the moment that the woman was willing to be flung across deep swirling river on a swaying wire and as many a man has appeared brave because he has lacked the courage to own his own cowardice so i said airily that anything better than going back and found the men exchanging glances no one's going back the maluka said quietly and then i learned that the wet does not do things by halves once they began to move the floodwaters must come down the valleys in tidal waves, the maluka explained. The cullen we've just left will probably be a roaring torrent by now. We're stuck between two rivers. That's what's happened, Mac added savagely. Might have guessed that miserable little cullen was up to her old sneaking ways. And to explain Mac's former dratting, the maluka said, It's a way the rivers have up here. They entice travelers over with smiles and promises. And before they can get back, "'call down the floodwaters, and shut them in.' "'I'm glad I thought of the wire,' Mac added cheerfully, "'and slipped into reminiscences of the wet, "'drawing the maluka also into experiences. "'And as they drifted from one experience to another, "'forest camps for days on stony outcrops "'in the midst of seas of water were touched on lightly, "'as hardly worth mentioning, "'while eating yourself out of tucker "'and getting down to water rats and bandicoots, "'compared favorably with the day or two spent in trees,' or on stockyard fences. As for crossing a river on a stout wire rope, after the first few reminiscences, and an incident or two in connection with doing the horse's tail trick, that appeared an exceedingly safe and pleasant way of overcoming the difficulty, and it became very evident why women do not travel during the wet. It was a singularly beautiful night, shimmering with warm tropical moonlight, and hoarse with the shouting of frogs, and the roar of the river, a night that demanded attention, and gradually losing interest in hair-breadth escapes from drowning, Mac joined in the song of the frogs. "Quart pop quart pop he sang in hoarse, strident minims, mimicking to perfection the shouts of the leaders, leaning with them on the "quart" in harsh gutturals, and spitting out the pop in short, deep staccatos. Quicker and quicker the song ran, as the full chorus of frogs joined in. From minims to crotchets, and from crotchets to quavers, it flowed, and Mac, running with it, gurgled with a new refrain at the quavers. More water, more water, hot water, hot water, he sang rapidly, in tireless reiteration, until he seemed the leader, and the frogs the followers, singing the words he put into their mouths. Lower and lower the chorus sank, but just before it died away, an old bullfrog started everyone afresh with a slow boobing and maxed stopped for breath. Now you know the song of the frogs, he laughed. We'll teach you all the songs of the never-never in time. Listen. And listening, it was hard to believe that this was our one-time telegraphing bushwhacker. Dropping his voice to a soft, sobbing moan, as a pheasant called from the shadows, he lamented with it for Pause. the sound roused a dove in the branches above us and as she stirred in her sleep and cooed softly mac murmured drowsily move over dear move over dear and the dove taking up the refrain crooned it again and again to its mate the words of the songs were not mac's they belonged to the lore of the bushman but he sang or crooned them with such perfect mimicry of tone or cadence that never again was it possible to hear these songs of the never never without associating the words with the songs. The night was full of sounds, and one by one, Matt caught them up, and the bush appeared to echo him. And leaning half drowsily against the pack saddles and swags, we listened until we slipped into one of those quiet reveries that come so naturally to bush folk. Shut in on all sides by bush and tall timber, with the rushing river as a sentinel, we seemed in a world all our own a tiny human world with a campfire for its hub. And, as we dreamed on, half-conscious of the moonlight and shoutings, the deep inner beauty of the night stole upon us. A mystical, elusive beauty, difficult to define, that lay underneath and around and within the moonlight. A beauty of deep, nestling shadows, crooning whispers, and soft, rustling movement. For a while we dreamed on, and then the maluka broke the silence. "'The wizard of the never-never has not forgotten how to weave his spells while I've been south,' he said. "'It won't be long before he has the missus in his toils. "'The false veneer of civilization is peeling off at a great rate. "'I roused as from a trance, "'and Mac threw a sharp, searching glance at me "'as I sat curled up against a swag. "'You're right,' he laughed. "'There is not a trace of the town he left.' and rising to see about fixing up camp, he added, "'You'd better look out, missus. Once caught, you'll never get free again. We're all tethered goats here. Every time we make up our minds to clear out, something pulls us back with a jerk.' "'Tethered goats,' Mac called us, and the world must apply the simile, as it thinks fit. The Wizard of the Never-Never weaves his spells, until hardships and dangers and privations seem all that make life worth living.' and then holds us tethered goats and every time the town calls us with promises of gaiety and comfort and security something pulls us back with a jerk to our beloved bush there was no sign of rain and as bushmen only pitch tent when a deluge is expected our camp was very simple just camp-sleeping mosquito nets with calico tops and cheese net for curtains hanging by cords between stout stakes driven into the ground mosquito pegs the bushman called these stakes jackeroo the unpoetical was even then sound asleep in his net and in ten minutes everything was fixed up in another ten minutes we had also turned in and soon after i was sound asleep rolled up in a bluey and had to be awakened at dawn the river's still arising mac announced by way of good morning we'll have to bustle up and get across or the water'll be over the wire and then we'll be done for bustle as we would however getting across was a tedious business it took nearly an hour's hustling and urging and galloping before the horses could be persuaded to attempt the swim and then only after old roper had been partly dragged and partly hauled through the backwash by the amphibious jackaroo another half-hour slipped by in sending the horses hobbles across on the pulley that ran on the wire and in hobbling out of the horses then with jackaroo on one side of the river and the maluka and mac on the other swags saddles pack-bags and camp baggage went over one by one and it was well past midday before all was finished then my turn came a surcingle one of the long thick straps that keep all firm on a pack-horse was buckled through the pulley and the maluka crossed first just to test its safety it was safe enough but as he was dragged through the water most of the way the pleasantness of getting across on the wire proved a myth. Mac shortened the strap, and then sat me in it like a child in a swing. Your lighter weight will run clear of the water, he said, with his usual optimism. It's only a matter of holding on and keeping cool. And, as the maluka began to haul, he added final instructions. Hang on like grim death and keep cool. Whatever happens, he said. I promised to obey, and all went well until I reached midstream. Then, the wire beginning to sag threateningly toward the water, Mac flung his whole weight onto his end of it, and to his horror, I shot up into the air like a skyrocket. "'Hang on! Keep cool!' Mac yelled in a frenzy of apprehension as he swung on his end of the wire. Jackaroo became convulsed with laughter, but the maluka pulled hard, and I was soon on the right side of the river, declaring that I preferred experiences when they were over. Later Mac accounted for his terror "'with another unconscious flash of humour. "'You never can count on a woman keeping cool "'when the unexpected happens,' he said. "'We offered to haul him over. "'It's only a matter of holding on and keeping cool,' we said, "'but he preferred to swim. "'It's a pity you didn't think of telegraphing this performance,' "'I shouted across the floods, "'but in his relief Mac was equal to the occasion. "'I'm glad I didn't,' he shouted back gallantly, "'with a sweeping flourish of his hat. "'It might have blocked you coming.' the bushman was learning a new accomplishment as his clothes were to come across on the wire i was given a hint to make myself scarce so retired over the bank and helped jackeroo with the dinner camp an arrangement that exactly suited his ideas of the eternal fitness of things during the morning he had expressed great disapproval that a woman should be idle while men dragged heavy weights about white fellow big fellow fool all right he said contemptuously when Mac explained that it was generally so in the white man's country, a Briton of the Billingsgate type would have appealed to jackeroo as a man of sound common sense. By the time the menfolk appeared, he had decided that with a little management, it would be quite an ornament to society. Missus Bin helped me all right. He's told the sanguine Scot with comical self-satisfaction. Mac roared with delight, and the passage of the Ferguson having swept away the last lingering torch of restraint, he called to the Maluka. Jackaroo reckons he's tamed the shrew for us. Mac had been a reader of Shakespeare in his time. All afternoon we were supposed to be making a dash for the Edith, a river twelve miles farther on, but there was nothing very dashing about our pace. The air was stiflingly, swelteringly hot, and the flies maddening in their persistence. The horses developed puffs, and when we were not being half-drowned in torrents of rain, we were being parboiled in steamy atmosphere the track was as tracks usually are during the wet and for four hours we labored on slipping and slithering over the greasy track varying the monotony now and then with a floundering scramble through a boggy creek crossing our appearance was about as dashing as our pace and draggled wet through and perspiring and out of conceit with primitive traveling having spent the afternoon combining a minimum rate of traveling with a maximum of discomfort. We arrived at the Edith, an hour after sundown, to find her a wide, eddying stream. "'Won't be more than a ducking,' Mac said cheerfully. "'Couldn't be much wetter than we are.' And the maluka, taking the reins from my hands, he rode off into the stream, Mac keeping behind, to pick her up in case she floats off, he said, thinking he was putting courage into me. It wasn't as bad as it looked, and after a little stumbling and plunging and drifting— The horses were clambering out on the opposite bank, and by next sundown, after scrambling through a few more rivers, we found ourselves looking down at the flooded Catherine, flowing below in the valley of a rocky gorge. Sixty-five miles in three days, against sixty miles an hour of the express trains of the world. Speed's the thing, cries the world, and speed's on, gaining little but speed, and we bushfolk travel our sixty miles and gain all that is worth gaining accepting speed hand over hand this time mac said looking up at the telegraph wire that stretched far overhead there's no pulley here hand over hand or the horse's tail trick but mine host of the pub had seen us and running down the opposite side of the gorge launched a boat at the river's brink then pulling upstream for a hundred yards or so in the backwash faced down and raced down across the swift flowing current with long sweeping strokes and as we rode down the steep winding track to meet him mac became jocular and reminding us that the gauntlet of the catherine had yet to be run also reminded us that the sympathies of the catherine were with the stockmen adding with a chuckle as mine host poured down upon us you don't even represent business here no woman does then the boat grounded and mine host sprang ashore another burly six-foot pushman and greeted us with a flashing smile and a laughing there is not much of her left. And then, stepping with quiet unconcern into over two feet of water, pushed the boat against the jutting ledge for my convenience. Wet feet don't count, he laughed, with another of his flashing smiles, when remonstrated with, and Mac chuckled in an aside. Didn't I tell you a woman doesn't represent business here? End of chapter 3